young black, young black, a young black, black, black equestrian, 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 black equestrian, black equestrian, equestrian, black equestrian. I'm a young black equestrian. I am a young black equestrian. And welcome back to another episode of Young Black Equestrians with your host, Abriana. I am sharing this episode today from a conversation that I had in my trip to New York with Dr. George Blair of the New York City Riding Academy. Now, I recommend watching this episode on our YouTube channel, actually. The audio is... It has a lot of background noise because the barn is on an island. It is on Randall Island Park uh, in Manhattan. And so it's literally on an island in the middle of the Hudson River. So there was a lot of background noise. They had jet skis and you know cars driving by and things like that. So it was an incredible experience, an incredible conversation, but there is a lot of background noise. So I suggest watching it on our YouTube channel. And if you are watching this on YouTube, good for you. Um, our YouTube is youtube.com slash young black equestrians. So you can find that easily, but I'll just get into a little bit of background on today's episode. Dr. George Blair has been a cowboy his, the, his entire life. Now I met him through Sarah Maslin-Near, who is the author of Horse Crazy. He is featured in her book, Horse, Horse Crazy, and played a pivotal role in helping her realize the significance and the importance and the erasure of Black cowboys in our history that we are told in mainstream media. So while I was uh, in New York, we went and visited Dr. Blair, and he is over 90 years old, still operating his stables and his riding program with his wife and with the help of volunteers. You can go to nycridingacademy.org to learn more about their organization. But Dr. Blair not only runs this riding academy, but back in, I believe the 70s and 80s, he used to run the Black World Championship Rodeo, which is a rodeo that was based out of New York City. And so in this interview, he talks about how he sold his brownstone and he sold his car to help fund this rodeo. And I think that's an absolutely insane investment into our culture, but he wanted to bring about this history and this opportunity for other cowboys across the, the country. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I apologize for all the background noise, but I think it's, he has a lot to offer and he was an incredible person to speak with. And yeah, that's pretty much it. So again, uh, his website is nycridingacademy.org and you can learn more about the rodeo at blackworldchampionshiprodeo.org. Enjoy. First rodeo. Wow. 
brought in the cowboys from all over the country. And I paid for everything. Uh, and also, when I flew them in, I put them in first class. I wanted them to know that I wanted them to show the world what they knew how to do. So, doing a rodeo in the city uh, requires many, many, many permits. couldn't find anybody to help us to uh, put it on. So what I had to do, I had a five-story five -story brownstone on 24 West 70th Street, Central Park West. I sold my brownstone to raise the money to put on the road here. Wow. And I, I sold was my farm. I ask how you, how you uh, raised the capital for that, but there it is. And I also sold my car. And uh, whatever other possessions I have. If you have faith in an idea, you have to pursue it all the way. When I built the first stalls out here, uh, the wind blew them down. The reason the wind blew them down is because I didn't put them on a concrete foundation. So after I cried for a week, <laughs> I decided that we had to put in a concrete foundation mm -hmm. and we had to start all over again. Yeah. Uh, once we rebuilt the stalls, they haven't moved one centimeter in 30 years. Wow. You have to do it correctly. Mm -hmm. uh, in the city of New York, land is very, very scarce. So in order to get this land, and the mayor, who at that time was Edward Koch, uh, wanted us to set up a program to teach riding to the citizens of the, of the uh, city of New York. And uh, this was a wilderness out here. And uh, where you're sitting now, this used to be a garbage dump. Took me three years to clean it up and to get it on the form where we can get the grass to right. And since we didn't have any money, everything you see here will go from the proceeds to my seal of my grass. So young people have to commit themselves and they have to prepare themselves. I learned to ride a horse. I've been riding horses now for about 87 years. I wouldn't learn how to ride a horse because my, my mother assigned me to my father to watch while she was canning. So my father put me on the horse while he would plow. So I had to direct the horse while he plowed. And plus the fact he wanted me in front of him so he could see what I'm doing uh, rather than him plowing and I'm over there playing someplace. So all these things are... Uh, items that are baked into the cake. You told me that even the word cowboy speaks to who held that profession. Can, can you talk about that? I love that. Yeah, well, there's a cowboy made up of two, two words. Uh, cow, which is what we had to watch, and our slave name was boy. So you put them together, that's where the word cowboy comes from. Slaves watching cows. So all of these things uh, young people today 
uh, are not familiar with. I used to have to get up and go take care and slop, as we said, slop the pigs before I could go to school. Mm -hmm. So our day began by being disciplined and getting up and going to work. It's dark out there, and I got to go feed the pigs. Why? Because those pigs were necessary to feed us to keep us alive. So, can you tell me about some of the programs that you have going on here? What is it that you are doing with the community? What kind of people are you working with? All different kinds. We work with the whole uh, range of people. Uh, for example, we have homeschoolers that come. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we have youngsters from Harlem. What we do is to try to share and dispense qualities that are good human qualities. And riding a horse forces you to do all of that. The most important thing that the horse does to me here with people who come is that a horse understands no language. So everybody who comes here, if you can ride a horse, you have to learn how to shut up and be quiet. And you communicate with the horse through all nonverbal communications. This nonsense of woe and giddy up, that was added uh, to the Western uh, movies uh, because people wanted to try to convey to the audience right. what was going on. Right. Uh, here, uh, you have to be quiet, and you have to communicate We take the time to explain these things. For example, the word dressage is a French word, and it means training. Everybody who com comes here will go through a process of training. Uh, and the individual and the horse both have to be trained and then they have to become a team. Um, you made the choice to do the rodeo. You did that for 30 years. Where did, when did this stable come to play? Was that before the rodeo or after the rodeo? It was simultaneous. Simultaneously, okay, okay. Because I wanted the whole community mm -hmm. uh, to have an understanding of what this other enterprise was. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, Many of these young people, and some not so young, ended up in the parades and other activities that we had. Uh, for example, uh, I instituted something called a calf scramble, which we would tie a ribbon on the, on the uh, tail of uh, a calf, and then let the kids go and try to catch, take the ribbon off the uh, calf's tail. Uh, they would get a prize. Mm -hmm. So they're just not spectators sitting in the stands. Right. They, they get a chance to come out and participate. Right. Right. And experience their own culture. So what is what is the what is your favorite lesson that horses have taught you? Uh patience. When horses are born, horses know everything they need to know for life. And horses 
are very patient with human beings. Human beings are not very patient with horses. No, they're not. <laughs> and the horses uh, will teach you if you allow them. And they'll tell you when you're doing something wrong. Uh, if you're pulling hard on the horse's mouth, the horse will shake its head and tell you, stop it. Uh, and also what we teach here are all the rules that go with riding a horse. For example, uh, you have to get on the left side of the horse. Why? Nobody tells people why they have to get on the left side of the horse. All of this goes back to uh, Louis the Sixteenth uh, and the training of the knights. If you're a knight, you're going to have your sword on your right side. So you'll step on the horse on the left side, throw your leg and your weapon over. That's why you get off on the left side. And even though you don't have a weapon anymore, uh, and people don't even know why that happens anymore, then uh, that becomes a uh, custom. Mm -hmm. People just do it yeah. without knowing why. I want everybody who comes here to know everything about what they're doing. And what they also have to know is what we're seeing today are simulations of earlier realities. We don't carry swords anymore. But you've never seen a knight uh, in any kind of depiction holding two reins. He's carrying his weapon in one hand and his reins in the other hand. Right. You don't see a cowboy holding both reins. He's got his reins in one hand and his rope in the other side. Also, we have rules that change. In the Western uh, cowboy, genre, that's the only time you can dismount your horse from the right side. So if I'm roping a calf, if I dismount from the left and run around the horse, I'm not going to win any money because that takes time. So if I rope a calf, I'm going to dismount on the right, flank that calf, not going to go to the anyway. All this, these are things that people have to learn. And our young people have to learn uh, that these are not punishments. These are, as Pastor said again, luck favors the prepared. When I did all these things, I had no idea of the consequences of what was going to happen. I, you can't rely on luck. You gotta prepare yourself. Uh, I have one more, one last question. Is has there ever been a special or favorite horse you have in your life? No, because uh, I look at horses like people. Uh, horses have personalities. No two of them are the same. And. My question always to myself is, can I adjust to that horse? Or can that horse adjust to me? Uh, 
had a horse here this summer, he couldn't adjust to the uh, students again. Because he was a ground racing horse. And in ground racing, uh, you go from zero to 100 <laughs> in two steps. That's too much for me to have here. So my job is trying to match up horses. Uh, and the same is true I have here with the instructors. I gotta try to match the instructors to the students up here. Uh, no one of these instructors can teach all the students the types of students that come. Right. And uh, before you leave, you'll see that I have a certificate up there. Uh, I am a Special Olympics coach and uh, instructor. It took me years to become a Special Olympics coach and a Special Olympics instructor. Uh, I got that credential in 1997. So, we can't wait. Okay, so I'll talk to you in a little while. So I wouldn't ask the instructor here to teach a special needs student because they're not equipped to do it. But back to your uh, question with the horse. Uh, horses are like people. And I like everybody, I like everything. And, and I just have to make sure when I'm uh, putting things in the melter, it's breaking the melter. <laughs> you say that last part again, because the motorcycle. You just got to make sure. I just have to make sure I put the right thing in, in the melter. Mm -hmm. Horses can go in the melter, too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> because horses can live to be 30, 35, 40 years old. Mm -hmm. uh, and like these horses here, now these horses here work from April to November. And they're on vacation from November uh, to April. That allows them to clear their heads. It's like you guys going on vacation. They have some downtime for themselves. Uh, you so have some downtime? What's that? You have some downtime too? No. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Young Black Equestrians. Head over to our Facebook or Instagram pages and let us know what you thought about that episode. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and have the opportunity to be featured in our next episode. See you next week.